0: We're the first
1: time today? I'm wearing eyeliner in I don't know how many months. Uh, Is this
0: in celebration of springtime?
1: Or maybe. I just, just... I So I had a, a baby shower today. Oh. Um. So okay. I just decided to... I was like, if I'm going to two Zoom calls, like, I might as well... Oh, it was a, ba- do it's a Zoom something. shower. Yes. Okay. They live on the West Coast, so I thought... Like they said, it was at one PM, and I forgot to account for the time zone difference, oh. and so I showed up at one PM my time, and they were like, "Yeah, um, it's at four PM your time."
0: Oh, <laughs> well, then it's good we moved our usual time because we usually yeah. record at four thirty. So I guess that was um, that worked yeah. out nicely yeah, for so everyone. So it was nice to see them. That's good. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, did you guys? So I decided to wear baby shower games over Zoom. No, or- the- no.
1: The, the baby is actually born so the they they actually scheduled the baby shower a month before the, the due date and the baby came a month before the, the due date like on the day of the shower the baby was it like was you're to be. not
0: having a party without me
1: yeah yeah wow. so the, the baby's now a month old
0: uh that kid is had a serious case of FOMO
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh,
0: wow okay Um well welcome to the feminine mistake podcast, everyone. Welcome, Nicole. Uh, I'm I'm one of your hosts, Nicole. I'm your other host, Sarah. And ordinarily we have a guest on the podcast. Uh, but today we're having a what we call a toasty hostie. Mm -hmm. Uh, which means basically that it's just me and Sarah. So you're just stuck with us. Ah shucks. Ah shucks. You're just stuck with us. And today we're gonna be discussing promising young women which I meant to pull up on my IMDB, but I just finished watching this movie and I am so shooketh that I did not properly get myself set up here. Uh, I I'm just like shell shocked. I literally just finished watching this. I mean, not just, I finished it about an hour ago uh, and I texted Sarah. I'm going to be honest with you listeners. She was like, okay, well, I don't. I was like, I don't know if I can talk about this movie right now. Like, and I want to be clear that I think this is a great film. I also want to be clear from the beginning that if you're listening to this show, this film, just to give you a sense of what it's about, is about a young woman whose best friend, uh, was raped in college, mm-hmm. and this is uh a, an event that she hasn't been able to let go of and is wanting to seek revenge. So mm-hmm. if so, there we are going to be talking about a lot of um tough stuff today because of, of the subject matter of this movie. So, if any of that is triggering for you, or if you don't want to listen to that, uh, then uh, I, I please take care of yourself and skip this episode. Yeah. Um, whoever has seen this movie that is w- listening to this now, however you felt about it, whatever emotions it brought up for you, or or whatever, um that is total whatever you're feeling is totally valid whether you dislike the movie or like the movie or liked it uh, but didn't enjoy the experience of watching it or whatever it dug up for you all of that is valid so i just want to put that at the top if this is going to be a triggering subject for you uh please do take care of yourself uh and come back and join us next month when we're talking about something else um i texted Sarah after finishing this about an hour ago and I was like I don't know if I can talk about this movie right now it's a lot and I had to go take a shower <laughs> not because I felt dirty after watching the movie but just because I needed to reset my mm-hmm. body and my mm-hmm. senses um so this is I feel very raw right now and I just uh I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth that's I mean I have written down some notes Obviously, but I just want to get that right up front that this movie really shook me. And that's how I, I guess that's how I'm going to begin this. (laughs) So we're going to skip over talking about what we're, we've been watching right now, because I just really want to just get into the movie. So I guess, uh, Sarah, is there anything you want to say at the top?
1: Um, yeah, this, this movie was very intense and, I thought it was very well done, well-made, well-acted, all that, but I didn't really like it.
0: Okay. Fair. That's fair. So, um, I would like to start by, so of course this film came out in 2020, uh, written and directed by Emerald Fennell, nominated for five Oscars, Mm-hmm. uh including best motion picture of the year best performance uh by Carrie Mulligan best achievement in directing by Emerald uh Fennell best original screenplay and best achievement in film editing uh now this is the um and I'm just going to look at uh The other nominee is here for best director. I believe this is, I believe this year. Yeah. This is the first year. And in the history of the Oscars, that two different women have been nominated for best director in the best directing category in the Oscars history. So that's a pretty big deal. Uh, One of the reasons I wanted to do this movie, this movie has been on my radar for a while. I saw the trailer for it. Um, Uh, last year and then it kind of left my mind and i was like oh that's interesting and then when it was nominated i was like oh we should watch that on the show and boy did i uh boy did i get a lot uh, more than i bargained for uh with this one so um i guess i'm inadvertently talking about my experience with the movie prior to the podcast so what about you sarah uh what did you had you known anything about this movie before we decided i had not
1: i had not heard of this film before no i only heard her heard it from you so yep. yeah okay and then completely blind
0: today completely blind so you also watched it today that's yeah. right because you texted me i watched you get it up, like 6 a.m yeah you get up at like the at the cracks before the sun before even the rises crack of dawn. like you are up in the morning when i am still up at night reading fan fiction like mm-hmm. we're like that meme from Umbrella Academy when number five and Vanya are passing each other in the cars. Mm-hmm. And it's you going to bed at 3 a.m. and me yep. going, I, no, you know, you waking up at 3 a.m. and up. me going to sleep at 3 a.m. We're like, uh, it's a wonder that we're even able to be awake at the same time of day, honestly. Um, okay. Well, that's our f- experience with the film Promising Young Woman prior to the podcast. So let's just get right into talking about this movie.
1: The house is a mess, Jack. The
0: kids are a mess, Jack. You're a mess, Jack. You have been a total bitch ever since you came to New York. You seem so sort of distant. Let's just do it, You look stupid and rich. Stupid and stupid and rich. Fascist. All right, let's get into it. Promising Young Woman, 2020. Um, What does the term Promising Young Woman mean to you? Well,
1: they always say prompt, prompt prompt promising young man when they're talking about uh men who have been accused of uh sexual har- harassment, rape, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. It's promising young man.
0: Yeah, So I, guy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's absolutely and then it's of course we don't want to ruin a promising young man's future mm-hmm. with these allegations. I think it has an other uh, I think that for sure uh, other and then the other meaning to me I think is that it reminds me of her mother saying to Cassie, uh, "You had such a promising future. You were going to med school. You were going to be a doctor. You were going to be a doctor. You have you don't have a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, she she should be a nice girl who's who went to med school and and got herself a husband by now. Yep, like Madison, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or was it Mackenzie? Was it Madison? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, It's one of those. Yeah." sorority names um anyway so I think that it has that meaning as well okay uh so I we didn't talk about this off uh off off mic but I'd like to go in order of the events of the film not necessarily everything I don't think we can cover everything we could talk about this movie for months but whatever we're going to go through I'd like to go through it in chronological order if that's okay with you Mm -hmm. um I would like to start with the opening credits the men, g- the men's butts
1: dancing. The men's butts. The dancing.
0: Yeah, I'd like to talk about how the movie immediately hits you with this like subversion of the male gaze, mm-hmm. and not a subversion like the female gaze. Because we've talked in, on the show about the female gaze and what that means and how it focuses on different things in a film than uh, the male gaze does. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is a sat- sat- like a satirical. Uh, they're making fun of the male gaze because yeah. what I you usually see in a movie when they introduce a woman still, mm-hmm. I was just watching a show that somebody was like, you should watch this. It's really good. And I immediately was like, fuck this show because they introduced a character by showing her dancing at a party, but they started on her butt and then went up to her face. And I was like, immediately fuck this movie straight to hell. Right? So they did that in this credit sequence, but it was a bunch of guys wearing khakis And they all are kind of dressed the same, and you're just seeing their butts. Dad bods. Yeah, it's not attractive. Like it's not hot. It just looks stupid. Not to say that. I mean, all bodies are beautiful, men and women. So I'm not trying to shame. If you got a dad bod, I'm not shaming you. But there was an intention of framing them like you would a a young woman's, conventionally uh, shaped body. Yeah. But with guys in their khakis dancing and they, you can't really tell which button yeah. belongs to
1: who yeah and it's just guys like no no women wi- 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 women are on the floor yeah and then like it pulls back and it okay so f- during the opening credits it's like a slow-mo type thing mm-hmm. so it looks mm-hmm. all dramatic dra- 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 dramatic and stuff and then they pull back and it's no longer slow-mo and the guys are just like they look so dumb
0: so fucking dumb uh, anyway, so I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, what do you have on your list that you'd like to talk about first? Uh, Cassie yes yeah, so let's she's talk the main about character.
1: she's the promising young woman Carrie mulligan um, Carrie mulligan love her
0: just turned just turned 30 in the movie yeah right the, the yes. character is turned 30.
1: yes she forgets her birthday
0: yes because it's not important to her as yeah in this time yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and and her mom makes such a big deal of it not being a big deal. To her. Um,
0: Why do you think she forgot her birthday?
1: Because she's in a different world. Like she's like lost in the past.
0: I agree. I think she's stuck in this event that happened to her best friend, Nina. Mm-hmm. I don't. She hasn't been able to move on from it. And so her going on and moving on with her life and being happy, I don't think is something that she can do right now. Yeah. And so the idea that she would turn 30 and celebrate another year of her life is just absolutely foreign to her, which is very mm-hmm. sad. Yeah. Um, what else do you want to say about Cassie? Um, so
1: right off the bat, we do you want to get into what she does, like her extracurricular, yeah. cur- like outside of work, what she likes to her do? Her revenge hobby. A revenge ha- yeah. hobby. Yeah. As she um gets all dressed up and go 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 goes out to clubs and bars and pretends to be drunk like, or super drunk.
0: Like unable like to fall. Falling down, drunk,
1: drunk un-, yes. un-, un un unable to really
0: talk or stand. Stand or you Listen know, doesn't know kind of where stuff. her phone is. Mm-hmm. Vulnerable.
1: Yes. And she attracts men who Um, then take advantage of her. They take her back to their apartments or their houses. And, you know, um, we see this, we see inside. Did you notice who
0: the first guy is? Yeah.
1: It's Adam um, Brody
0: from Jennifer's Body.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be talking about Jennifer's Body later, by the way. That's something I think, I think there's a kinship between this movie and Jennifer's Body. Yeah. And not just because of Adam Brody, but him being in it definitely, I think also is a important link. I don't know if that was intentional on the part of casting, mm-hmm. um but it definitely made me think of Jennifer's body to see yeah. him in that role yeah uh she does this is just it's not just guys she she attracts guys who think they're nice guys, yeah, people that say they're nice guys. I'm a nice yeah. guy, I would never. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to help you out. I'm trying to help you. Let me take care of you. Yeah, you're safe. You're safe with me.
1: Yeah, that that really creeped me out. Him saying you're
0: safe. It's like (sighs) no. This there are no nice guys in this movie. Not 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 a single one. (laughs) Not a single one. Maybe her dad, but he never says I'm a nice guy. He doesn't have to say it.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, we'll get into it, but um, Ryan, you
0: want him to be a nice guy so he's not. bad. He's not. But he's not. Nope, none of them are. There are no nice guys in this movie, and I think that's the the point the movie is trying to make, that everybody thinks they're a nice guy, but somewhere inside of you, you're not. But I'm there not are nice things. guys. I don't... I don't... I... I I don't want to, I I understand if you want to debate that. I don't want to debate that because I don't think that's the point of the movie. I don't think the point of the movie is to say, you know, everybody but those guys. The point of the movie is to say, even guys that think they're nice guys, who, if they have to say I'm a nice guy, you're probably not a nice guy.
1: Yeah, if they have to say it but i'm just saying like i know men in my life who would never
0: we all do this way we all do but the fact is that that 9 times out of 10 the world believes that that most people are the nice guys they believe that the woman is in the wrong and we see that time and time again in this movie and it's on the burden of proof on the woman to prove that he wasn't a nice guy, and so I think mm. the fact that the movie says there are no nice guys is in a way to balance the scales because the po- that's the point here. So I'm actually okay with it. Yes, we all know not all men, and again, hashtag not all men. Because <laughs> that hashtag. Uh, we all know that there are men out there who won't, who would actually try to help someone, but the fact is whoever they are in this movie, they're not here and they yeah. didn't step in to help. Yeah, And I think it's important to say that the bad guys aren't just the ones who are assaulting the women, but the ones that don't do anything to stop it. Mm-hmm. And Ryan represents the one that doesn't do anything to stop it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, not every man in the, in reality is a bad person yeah but I think many of them have done something that they didn't realize was bad that they're probably not willing to accept. So I'm gonna say most men have probably done something that they that walks the line. If you've touched a woman who didn't want to be touched, if someone said no and you pushed them a little further than they wanted to go, if you've ever let other men cat call someone and not say anything, Mm -hmm. If you've ever seen someone in your friend group do something inappropriate to a woman and didn't step in, then guess what? You're also not a nice guy in that moment. So I'm okay with the movie saying in this world there are no nice guys because we often assume too often that most of them are nice guys. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I have to say that like it... I am, in a lot of ways, on board with the message of this movie, but I really, really dislike the idea of her fishing for men to take advantage of her. Okay. Because it just felt very... It's it's revenge, and Mm -hmm. I'm just not a big fan of of revenge. That's fair.
0: But... They all... She's not making them do anything that they didn't want to do. Like she just puts herself out there, and they make the choice to do what they do.
1: Mm -hmm. And And I I get that. I just, I just don't like it.
0: I get it. I totally get it. And I don't think this movie is necessarily a pleasant experience. Um, I don't think it makes revenge satisfying. Mm. Um, but I don't know that that's the point either. And I, I mean, I, if they
1: were going to make revenge sat, 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 satisfying, like truly, like, like I w- when I saw the pre, pre 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 year for this, I was like, oh no, is she going to kill them? Is she going to like lure, lure them? Is this going to be like a slasher film mm-hmm. where she like tricks them and then she like kills them? You but know what? No, all she does is is uh,
0: she makes them confront them, make them. Yeah, she makes them confront their own evil, <laughs> which I think is worse. I think it's worse because now they have, will they look inside themselves afterwards? I don't know. Probably don't not, know. but that's what she's doing is exposing their own ugliness.
1: That's the thing is I feel like that kind of like what she's doing will just, it would reinforce them saying, Oh, well, she's a great, cra- crazy psycho bitch. Like, of course, like I'm, I'm a nice guy. She's just being nuts, you know?
0: Sure will it make them change their behavior? Probably not. I think, I don't know if it's about that. I think it's about, I mean, rape isn't about sex. It's about control. Yeah, And I think what this, I think what fishing gives her is a little bit of control because if she had been there, cause this isn't a movie. Of, okay. First of all, cassie is not the victim of the rape right it's her friend nina so this is yeah. in a second i'd really like to talk to you about rape revenge films because i think it's really important we need to bring that those up the genre of rape revenge films i have a no idea it was a genre, genre, there's a fucking genre. Wow. ton of them and Whoa. We, so let's okay. talk about it okay. but in a second um i think that what this gives her is the so she's this is about survivor's guilt She wasn't, she believes that if she had been there the night that Nina got drunk and was raped by, uh, Al Monroe, Mm -hmm. if she had been there, she could have done something to stop it. So because she wasn't there, she feels responsible and out of control and helpless. Yeah. And so what this gives her is control. She gets to make them afraid. Yeah. So I don't know that it's about changing their behavior so much as making them afraid because that's what she does to the men. It's what she does to Madison. Yeah. Almost every single person with the exception of the lawyer, and we'll get to him and, and, and the Dean, she makes them all afraid. So she gets to take that control back for like a second. And I think it's about that and not really about changing their behavior. Yeah. So let's talk about Rachel rape revenge movies
1: okay i did not know this was a thing yeah there's a whole
0: genre in horror films
1: a whole genre uh
0: cult uh midnight movie movies if you want to call them that called rape revenge movies they're not called that necessarily by the filmmakers but that's the genre that's written about them critically there's a lot of critical writing especially uh, by women about rape revenge films um here's the here's the basic rundown And the films I'm talking about are uh, there's a very famous one from the 70s called I Spit on Your Grave. Uh, And then I would say Last House on the Left is also a rape revenge film, which was uh, Wes Craven's first movie. Uh, Basically, here's the format of a rape revenge film you have a young, innocent girl, usually a teenager, often a teenager, who gets herself in a situation where she is. Uh, cornered by a group of men. Uh, a very graphic rape and assault scene occurs. Incredibly graphic. Prolonged. The woman is then left for dead. This is what happens in all these movies and I just named off two of them but there are many of them. The woman is then left for dead or in some case dies. Then in the third act of the film the, either the woman or someone in her place so in I spit on your grave it's the victim that that does this and in uh last house on the left it's actually the parents of the victim who th- they actually enact the revenge the last act is the revenge and so, uh, one by one each of the perpetrators of the crime are then tortured and killed often it, this often includes genital mutilation and that's the that's the format for all of those films. Uh, those films are considered to be entertainment. They are always written and directed by men. So I think that this movie takes the re- rape revenge format and subverts it. Because, you see, first of all, there's the focus is not on the victim. There is no prolonged gruesome rape scene. In fact, we don't get any details about that at all, really, except for what we need to know narratively. We don't ever yeah. see it, thank God. Yeah. Um. And um. We don't get. Uh. We don't get us. We do get her going from each per, from person to person. Yeah. But we do not get, and I'm going to save the ending until we get there. But we do not get a satisfying conclusion where order is restored because ever all of the perpetrators are dead or suffering. Mm-hmm. Not really. No. um so that so i don't know if you want to respond to that but that is a a, a a genre film that I could not help thinking about while watching this movie
1: yeah that's uh why would men make those films um
0: they're very po- they were very popular i don't think people really make them anymore although they did do a remake of i spit on your grave in the early 2000s
1: yeah it's like uh I don't think
0: Straw Dogs is another example. I I don't
1: understand. I I guess I'm still hung up on why, why are men making those films? Because like, that's not their story. And, and it's also the, the format, you know, like you said, like, I like that this film didn't show that. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I think the answer is because men who, the men who made those films don't, I, I think historically in film Rape has been used as a plot device mm-hmm. It has been used uh, For in place of character development mm-hmm. uh, It has been used to motivate men to do things And it has been used for shock value Which is I think is probably yeah. the case in these types of films It's used yeah. as a plot device And for shock value For titillation, if you will Yeah Um. So as a film that subverts the rape revenge genre, I think it did a really excellent job of doing that. I, f- I, I, um, t- I fucking hate those movies. I- I'm conflicted about Last House on the Left because I don't know if that's a film I would ever watch again. Um, but why? Why yeah. are you con- conflicted? On that I- I'm not conflicted. I don't. Uh, because when I watched. last house on the left I think about it differently now than I did when I saw it when I was like in my 20s like it means something different to me now I thought it was gruesome and ugly then but I kind of was able to view it at a distance um but now I think looking back on it I can see the how how exploitive it is and I and I don't I don't watch I don't watch movies from that genre typically.
1: I have never even heard of that genre, so I haven't I haven't seen any of those films.
0: I think that another uh, cousin to that would be the uh torture porn film or films mm-hmm. that are about torture, uh that were really popular in the early two thousands. I think like that Saw. Be. Yeah, like Saw. Like Which Saw. I also didn't see. And there's a bunch of other ones uh that are kind of escaping me right now. Um, But that was kind of a term, torture porn, where it's more about the torture aspect of it. Um, And I think that this movie uses our expectations for that to think that, oh, she's going to be mutilating them or getting some revenge on them physically. But it's not about that. Her revenge is making them scared Mm -hmm. because they go their whole lives without feeling scared. Mm -hmm. And then I think later it shifts to wanting someone to feel sorry about what they did. So I think she goes to Madison, hoping that Madison will feel sorry. And she goes to Walker, the Dean Walker, hoping Dean Walker will feel sorry. And when that doesn't happen, she makes them afraid so they can feel that fear that that Nina experienced. Yeah. All right. What's next on your list? God, this is so hard to talk about God, this movie is so intense.
1: So Nina, let's see. Um we ne- 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 never actually hear the word suicide or dead mm-hmm. or killed herself. No, or, they, they say have, that
0: she's dead. They do say that.
1: They, they just say she's dead. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, she says to, the,
1: during the scene between her and the and Al, right? He's Al like, says dead.
0: Al says she's dead, yes. Yeah. So that's dead. I think the First time we get confirmation that she's dead. Yet.
1: So I knew she was dead very er- early on. Like I did just, too. It's just like something you kind of assume, and yeah. you, and I just assumed she killed killed herself as well.
0: uh Yes, I thought that as well. Yeah.
1: Um, which is why she why it makes sense why Cassie would still be hung up on the situation. Because she lost her best and her, there are pictures of them in ch- childhood, like yeah. they're like childhood best friends. She
0: says she knew her when she was four. Yeah. So that's a lifetime of friendship there.
1: Yeah. And then to, and then she was, I think that N- N- Nina also was a prompt, promising young woman. They were both yep. in med school, top of the class. Mm hmm.
0: Nina was top of the class.
1: And this rape just, derailed their lives and
0: it took their entire it took their entire it took their lives away like quite literally yeah um yeah and like
1: i experienced uh some questionable behavior on the part of an ex and well two two of them actually and it took me years to get past those relationships, and so I totally get. And and I I did not experience what ne- Nina experienced, or you know anything like that. But
0: and I don't think it's a I don't think it's a pain contest. You know, like yeah. I think you can experience trauma, like, and there's no like you know. But if
1: it took me out of commission for years from what happened to me, like I can understand how it could like experiencing that could completely mess you up for a long time mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah um and so uh i think one of the really strong symbols in this movie of carrying that grief around is uh the necklace that uh um, yeah. cassie wears it's one of those heart necklaces and it's that thing that every girl recognizes and they use it in jennifer's body as well yeah because Jennifer's Body is about childhood friends, also, and uh, we did Jennifer's Body. Uh, if you're new to the show, we did Jennifer's Body last season uh, in our ho- as a Halloween episode, so in October. Uh, and in that episode, I talked about how I feel like Jennifer's Body is at the sub, sub- subtextually about the trauma of surviving a, a sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that film, you also have uh, the friendship necklace, which is the classic symbol for girls. Uh, and 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 the 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 two halves of the necklace, and so Cassie has the the Nina half, and so that's her kind of carrying around Nina with her wherever she goes. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a very strong symbol for that. Um. Okay. What do you want to talk about next?
1: um we already kind of mentioned Matt, Matt, madison we didn't really discuss her in detail i think we could but... go
0: through each of the numbers on her list we sort of talked about what she does with the guys which okay. is that she pretends to be ine- so inebriated that she can't function and she waits for them to help her and really they're going to take her home and take advantage of her and then she reveals herself um, uh,
1: and like she reveals herself after they've already like touched her and like she
0: waits for them to uh, assault her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so like, I like, I, I would not, I mean like, even if I agreed with revenge, I would be like, that's my body. Like I would not want to put myself.
0: Well, I don't think she's what she's doing. I don't think we're expected to feel like what she's doing is, is healthy. Okay. I don't think we're, I don't think the movie is asking us to see that as a healthy thing. I think what the movie is asking us to examine is how trauma ripples outward. Yeah. And how Nina's trauma who although Nina is not a part of this movie and I think that there that can we can feel a lot of ways about that. I feel like Nina's presence of physically not being in the movie allows a, a like a, a, it prevents us from exploiting or sensationalizing what happened to her. So uh I and I don't think that story is specifically about that event so much as the trauma and the that ripples outward. So the uh, of course that most immediately is Cassie absorbing that trauma and that violence in the same way that Jennifer in Jennifer's body absorbs that violence and then spreads it outward. Yeah. So it's like that ho- same thing in Jennifer's body where the violence creates a monster inside of you that mm-hmm. you then take out on other people mm-hmm. and that's what i think cassie is doing is taking that out on other people that's her only mm-hmm. relief that she can yeah. get. uh we didn't really talk about gail laverne cox i think we should talk about gail oh, for a moment and then yeah. maybe go through all the yeah. so anything you want to say about gail gail is like really her only friend at this point
1: yeah she's very sweet um and she's very
0: protective of cassie Um, She wants to help her move on with her life. Um, I think she represents, if Cassie were able to move on, that she could have friendships and relationships with people uh, and maybe trust again. I think it's hard for her to open up to another friendship, another deep friendship. And I think it's hard for her to open up romantically. And I think that's something we see her experimenting with with Ryan. Doesn't Mm -hmm. work out so well. Um, but, uh, we do see her trying to move on. Um, but yeah. yeah.
1: Gail is, as a I I thought she was a really nice char- character and, uh, not, not a lot, um, of scenes that she's in, mm-hmm. but, um, I
0: like. Laverne Cox is was, wonderful. I know. Um, she, she really, I think, you know, in a different world, Cassie could have let go of some things and had a had a, ha, and, a and allowed herself to have a friendship. Yeah, and I think Gail le- was a, like that's. I think she got as close to Gail as she could, and Gail
1: understood. Gail like understood her and understood that she couldn't.
0: But I don't know there. if Gail. I don't know how much Gail knows about her past either. We don't. I don't think they really address that. So I'm not sure if she. I get the sense that Gail cares a lot about her but maybe that cassie didn't open up a whole lot about herself because probably because she's like i think gail probably was a person who was like we're going to be friends yeah whether you like it or not yeah and that's uh, the only way i think anybody was going to get in with cassie at that point she offers
1: stuff to fire her Uh so that she'll move on with her life yeah Yeah.
0: which is that's love right there yeah um Okay, let's talk about each one of the numbers on her list. So she's got the notebook, but that's for the guys. Yes. So then she starts another page in the notebook where she's actually... So what happens is, I guess we need to talk about Ryan first. We didn't really talk too much about Ryan. But Ryan is uh, her past, coming back into her life, Uh, Mm -hmm. literally into the coffee shop.
1: Guy from med school she went to school with who... Now, how do you feel about
0: this? Because you're a big Bo Burnham fan. (laughs) <laughs> so I don't I know how big, this was for you. To I watch am a big Bo fan. Oh, I
1: I really liked how he played the character.
0: Yeah,
1: I because re- you really want to light like this guy, um, and you do like him for a lot of the time. But there are a few things that just are like I.
0: Well, he represents that p- problematic in between that that a- that area, the gray area between nice guy and not nice guy. Yeah, that area of complacency, and well, but well, also
1: he pushes when she says no. He doesn't accept her no, and he kept he keeps asking her out.
0: Yeah, but yes, but no, I don't- no
1: seriously, that's something that is like that is a pet peeve. That is one of those things mm-hmm. that like it gets overlooked. Like it's not that rape, yes, but when w- women don't want to go out with you and you keep asking them, that is not okay.
0: You're right. You're right. I also think that Cassie was not going to let anyone in who didn't say, seriously, though, I really want to hang out with you. Yeah. I really think Cassie was not open to moving on. And I think if Ryan had not been a part of that traumatic event in her life in the way that he was, I think that they would have been able to move on and be happy. Mm hmm. But the movie yeah. doesn't let us have that, and it doesn't let her have that. Or well, and it doesn't. It, and it gives him multiple opportunities to fix what he did, yeah. and he still doesn't take them.
1: And it also uses the rom-com trope of the man who, of the meet cute, the meat cute who yeah. persists, yes. persists in pursuing when she says no. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of the the rom-com thing
0: um sure and he also takes her on a very long walk at the end of their first date and magically ends up at his apartment which is very Mm -hmm. presumptuous of him Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. and she uh, calls him out on it and he's like sorry yeah you know yeah
0: i think that the that's i think ryan and cassie's relationship is one of the really smart well like this movie is very well written i think but especially the to include that relationship that is what we most of us experience, which is the weirdness of saying no and then having somebody keep asking you the weirdness of them suggesting you sleep together on the first date, even though it's like way too much. Um, the, like there's a lot of things that she does too. That's unfair to him. Like, you know, that scene outside the club where she's already said, I don't want to go out. And then she in, in, in needing to get some of that, re- that, that, feeling out of her system where she gets that control back she tries to go home with someone and he runs into her and he's very hurt about it understandably yeah and she doesn't tell him what's going on she never she doesn't tell him reveals yeah. to him why why she left med school she doesn't talk to him about any of that um which i think i understand
1: not wanting to re-tra- tra- traumatize herself. And I could totally understand that because it took me a long time for me to open up with my current partner. But but you know
0: what? It turns out he doesn't deserve her honesty.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So if he, if he, if in a different world, it would have, she would have opened up to him eventually and told him everything about what, how hard that was for her. And I got to tell you, like I have, I mean, I talked about this on the Jennifer's body episode, like her relationship with Nina, like being the friend that no one really notices because your friend is so exciting and beautiful. Like I know I, that's, that's me. (laughs) Like I am that person. And I'm the, I, I had a lot of Nina's in my life, you know, who, you know, and you're always trying to protect each other. And you're always worried that that one time that you're not together, something's bad's going to happen to somebody, you know, it's like that scene in the van in Jennifer's body where, uh need, needy is watching the van door close, you know, like I've been on the outside of that van a lot of times, you know um and I don't I actually lost I completely lost my train of thought there. oh this is just like so much to go so much to cover here um I think that i I know what it's like. To, I also know what it's like to lose somebody, who, and this is not, uh, in reference to the, ki- the kind of things that happen in this movie, but I know what it's like to lose somebody, who you love desperately, and how law, how it's really hard to move on with your life because it doesn't feel fair. Because why did I get to live? What's so good about me? Why did why not this other person? You know. Yeah. So I understand that too. And I understand how you can get stuck in that and not be able to move on. And the thing is, she does try to move on. Um, But she puts her trust in the wrong person unknowingly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I think it's really smart how they use all those little rom-com tropes, the meet cute, the singing at the the pharmacy together. The the, the
1: montage, the Mm -hmm. love montage. Yeah. And then, like, the dinner whole, like, the I parents. think I'm in love with you. I think I'm in love with you, too. Yeah.
0: The whole dinner with the parents. All of it.
1: And he was very cute and char, char- charming and mm-hmm. sweet for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's just, but. Then you find and, out what he really did. And then, of course, both uh, Ryan and Al, who we meet. I'm not going to j- jump ahead to that scene, but I'm, like, they, but they both say we were kids. I was a kid, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as if being nineteen, twenty is a kid well, who doesn't you're know.
0: School. You're in med school. Twenty you're at least I'd Say at least twenty three. Yeah, I would think that's not a kid. No, you're not a kid. You're an adult. You're a grown ass adult. Mm-hmm. Um. So what happens is Ryan enters her life and then begins talking about people that they mutually knew. Uh, back mm-hmm. in, in med school and that kind of gets her thinking about Al you mm-hmm. know who the the rapist in this scenario yeah. and he's getting married and there's all these other people that were in, tangentially involved in here the enablers
1: mm-hmm.
0: that I would call them the enablers and she's gonna yeah. go one by one through her list and try to do something similar to what she's doing with the guys to make them afraid to give them the fear to see to give them the opportunity to atone atone yeah, and when they don't atone, then to give them the fear that she feels yeah. like they need to have. Yeah. Um. So let's start with Madison. So Yeah, she uh
1: texts her or calls her up. Get um, they um, meet for lunch and Cassie pours her like pours Matt Madison champagne before she gets there and pours herself ginger ale.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, she so she gets Madison drunk.
1: Yeah. She gets Madison drunk and. Madison gets very drunk and Mm -hmm. they're talking. And then as Madison is very drunk, Cassie brings up the rape and Madison gets very flustered and it kind of like defensive and the way the lines work, uh, the way it's written is very like, but she was so drunk and it's like, Oh, look at you. You're, you're just as drunk as, as she, she, she might've been, or, or, or maybe more. Do you deserve to be raped right now. At least that's what what I
0: was. I think that's what thinking in my mind. I think that's what Cassie was getting at. Yes. Um, yeah. I think that so Madison was an enabler in the sense that she didn't believe that Nina. She she perpetrated the myth that Nina was just sleeping around and mm-hmm. got too drunk and did something she regretted later and then lied about w- what happened. So yeah. she kind of and apparently Madison and Nina and Cassie were very close at school. Mm -hmm. Um, this was the first part of time in the movie where I begin to feel because I did not have any qualms about Cassie going out and hoodwinking these guys. I felt like they all deserved it, frankly. Uh, I'm not saying I got a lot of enjoyment out of it. It made me feel very tense and uncomfortable. So I'm not saying I was like, Ooh, this is a fun romp. Uh, it made me feel very uncomfortable. But I didn't feel any sympathy for any of those guys. Uh, I'm not saying... I, I felt very complicated feelings going forward with each of these people. Because I start... This is the part where I started to feel like Cassie was taking it too far. Um, now, we're led to believe she did certain things that she actually doesn't do. Um, but in this case... She gets Madison drunk. She asks Madison if she feels any differently about things now. And basically Madison continues to say, well, you know, we were just kids, I think is another thing she said. Yeah. And so Cassie's like, well, I'm really disappointed to hear that for your sake. And you're like, oh, fuck, what's she going to do? So she hired somebody. A man. A man to take her up to the hotel room. And we assume I assumed. Assume, what did you assume? Yeah,
1: I, I assumed to rape her or to uh, assault to her, have sex in some with way. her or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
0: And that's when I began to go, ooh, this is yeah. too far. Yeah. Now, later we discover she didn't do that. She actually yeah. had him tuck her in and make her think that that was what happened.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Which is but also how pretty know? fucked up.
1: Because if you notice, the guy she hired was one of the guys. No, it's not. Who, uh, during the first scene. It's not that guy. It's not that guy? No.
0: I thought so too. Sure? I rewound it and I was like, "Oh, it's a different guy." It's not. Uh, it they look similar like him. because Sarah. All the white dudes in this movie look the same, except for McLovin. I was like, "Oh, that's McLovin." That's McLovin. Yeah. Um, McLovin is doing a lot of coke in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that was a different actor. Um, not the same. Not the same actor. Different guy.
1: Wow. Okay. Um. um so. But yeah. So that was what I assumed. And I also was like, fuck this. That's not cool. Um, But also like the whole thing with with Matt. Matt I think she
0: doesn't have friends, Sarah. She has she has made connections with some shady people that she can pay to help her. Like she I don't know what she was planning to do that with that that lawyer. Break his legs. I don't know. She was going to it seemed like that guy was there to fuck him up physically. Yeah. Yeah but I don't know what she was going to do because we think she's going to do something physically to these people, but it's really psychological, psychological psychological. damage that she's causing. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to plug it up. This is the part of the show where we ordinarily talk about stuff and plug it, but I don't feel like plugging things today. It just doesn't feel like a, I don't feel like plugging. Um, Although now I'm thinking about Jennifer's Jennifer's body. Yes, I'm just thinking. Like- are you plug-in? Because it seems like you are. Um, so I will say that uh, if anybody wants to talk about this movie, if you've seen it, and you want to talk about it, uh, we're on social media, and and uh, I'm I'm interested to hear all of your thoughts. Uh, those of you that listen to the show, if you want to talk about it, we are on Facebook and Instagram at. Feminine Mistake Pod, and you can find us on Twitter at femmistakepod. Uh, of course, we uh, you can listen to this podcast on all the usual podcast apps, uh, and we also will post the vidcast to Critical Crop Tops channel on YouTube. Um, w- instead, what I'd like to do is plug the uh, Rain organization, uh, which is uh, an, an organization that's been around for a long time. Uh, the rape Abuse and incest National network. So if you would like to donate to rain who uh, is fighting to uh, provide help um, mental health services and other uh, uh, other programs to not only prevent violence sexual violence but help survivors, uh, make sure that the people pe- the people that perpetrate this kind of violence are brought to justice if you would like to donate to them or if you yourself are seeking some help uh the phone number is one eight hundred eight five six hope or you can find uh rain at rain dot org so that's r a i n n org okay Sarah well uh, we made it we made it through we made it through um you're my best friend. I love I, I love you. I love you too, um
1: sir. Yep. I love you.